welcome to Non-Native, the podcast that shares conversations between immigrants, expats and interlopers. My name is Sarah and three and a half years ago I upsticked from Bristol in the United Kingdom to move to the west coast of the United States. Moving meant leaving behind friends, family and the country I'd lived in my whole life for the promise of new experiences, meeting new people and adapting to a new culture. In Non-Native, I speak with women who have moved around the world in pursuit of love, work, happiness and adventure. Today's episode features an interview with Louise. Lou is a freelance journalist and producer who has written for The Guardian, USA Today, Deutsche Welle and The Telegraph. She lives and works in Berlin, Germany, her home for the last seven years. We've known each other since we were 16 and in this interview, recorded at the end of August, Lou and I reminisce about roast dinners, discuss the impact of Brexit on British citizens working abroad and why we should all take a leaf out of the German playbook and be more direct. Enjoy listening. Hi, Lou. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining me on Non-Native. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, So just to start to give the listeners a bit of an overview, um, it would be great to hear how you ended up in Berlin. Okay, well, um, I've been living here now for almost seven years. Um, And I first came here basically for work. I was a little bit bored of my job in the UK. I was working as a local journalist and somebody said to me, hey, how would you feel about writing for big American newspapers and and trying something different? Um, I'd visited Berlin already a couple of times by then and really loved the city. So I jumped at the chance. And you know, when I first got here, it was really quite cheap with regards to accommodation and and things like that. So I decided that making the jump to being freelance and, and writing on the basis where I just got paid per article would be something that I would be able to achieve in Berlin and something that there was just no way of being able to do in London. I guess I was, what, like 26, 27 at the time. Um, I thought I'd just go for it and see what happened. And did you already know German? Because I know that you studied Spanish at university, but did you already have a grasp of the German language? Uh, Yeah, that was a great idea, right? Uh, Studying Spanish and then moving to Germany. Um, Well, I had done... I had done German at university, but uh, no, sorry, (laughs) I had done German at school, but actually, um, yeah, it was at GCSE level and well, you know about education in the UK, particularly when it comes to learning different languages. Um, So by the time I got here, I had actually already lived in Germany for a year as an au pair and done some basic German there, but I still didn't really understand very much. And on the kind of beats that I was working on, um, so I was doing some stuff when it came to um, like the drugs company, pharmaceuticals, that kind of thing, and desperately trying to read press releases in German it was a real struggle and I just remember sitting with my friends um, we were all working kind of in a mini newsroom at that point so a few freelancers together trying to make things work Um, 
and just begging them to help me uh to read over any translations that I'd done and just trying to to make it work. And it was absolutely terrifying. Um, I started writing for some newspapers, also um, for some newspapers in the UK. And I was always scared that I was going to get something wrong. Um, And I was just lucky enough that I had people around me who were willing to give me a hand and in Berlin, it's really great, actually. There's a fantastic expat community here and everybody's always willing to help everybody else. And that's always been really nice. And it's given me a good start up the ladder when I first got here. And, you know, it's something that I try to do as well when there are new people coming, kind of, you know, to pass on that knowledge that you you gather over the years and things. And so did you find it was a struggle socially as well? Or did you kind of fall back on that expat community for um, socializing as well as help with work and things like that? Well, I was a little bit of a chicken um, in that (laughs) I waited until I had actually got a group of friends here before I made the move across. So um, the job that I got offered was offered to me by someone who I had met when I was working as an au pair. So I'd already come up to Berlin and spent some time with her. And um, when I moved here, she you know, she gave me the the job originally. It was actually her who was running this kind of mini news agency. And then I had also done a a journalism fellowship where I'd met a number of people who lived in Berlin, other journalists. Um, so I had a good, what, four or five people that I already knew here. And I was lucky enough that, you know, they liked me as much as I liked them. And they were always willing to kind of take me out for a drink and um, to show me how things worked here. And then, you know, you just you just make friends wherever you are. If you, you know, it's hard, I guess, if you start out completely by yourself. But I was I was never like that. Um, So there were always people that I knew. And then also there are so many, you know, expat groups and things like that that you can join and go along to and meet some other people. And, you know, it's quite a kind of young crowd here, I guess, of lots of people in the same situation. And so there are lots of parties that you get invited to and you just meet more people and more people. So it wasn't it wasn't too difficult. Um, And the language barrier then was not a massive issue because... English was the kind of common language between most of us and Germans always you know many Germans especially in Berlin want to speak to you in in English they want to practice their English so yeah that wasn't that wasn't a big problem for me although you know of course you feel lonely sometimes but I think that's inevitable probably wherever you live actually Right. I mean, that's one of the things I was going to ask you um, was, is there anything, you've been over there seven years now, is there anything that you missed when you first moved or anything that you still miss now from your life in the UK and and from London? The thing that I missed massively, of course, family and friends and things. Okay, so a lot of non-English people are not really going to understand this, uh, but the food. I really massively missed the food, (laughs) especially, you know, coming from London where you could get 
everything, anywhere, anytime, practically. Um, in Berlin, when I first got here, it was quite kind of limited in choice. Um, I was vegetarian at the time as well. And yeah, although Berlin would be considered, you know, kind of one of the vegan capitals of Europe now, back then there was not a lot of vegetarian choice, especially for someone like me who doesn't like cheese. Something that I really missed was also pies, which I know you'll understand as well, Sarah. Oh my um, goodness. I love pie. <laughs> Me too. And yeah, I don't know, like uh, Branston pickle and uh, crumpets. That's something I always have when I go back. You know, I have this um, list every time I go back to the UK now that I have to have, uh, you know, eat until I make myself sick, basically. So what, you know, like the Indian food, uh, I think sucks in Berlin. So I always have to have that when I go back to the UK. Chinese food is just really different. And, you know, it's just, you want your home food and roast dinners. Oh my God, roast dinners. Oh my goodness, I miss roast dinners. I mean, I know, so I think we're the same in that food is a big passion of ours. And um, yeah, it that's definitely something I always look forward to whenever I go back to the UK is, is planning my meals. And I know that I know that I could make a roast dinner whenever I wanted, but there's just something about being denied the opportunity to go to a pub and sit down and, and have it with friends. I think that's the most frustrating thing is, yeah. Oh, roast dinners. I love them. Oh, completely. And I had, uh, I mean, I was just back in the UK and I had two roast dinners while I was there, which was not enough. I should have had one on the third weekend <laughs> as well. Um, but it's also, it just, I don't know what it is, but whatever you do, in you know this place that becomes your adopted home it never tastes the same as home like I've made roast dinners here and it just doesn't taste the same as it does in the UK I don't know what it is but yeah so so the food was a massive thing <laughs> as you can tell um then obviously you know there was like I said family family and friends and um you know I I miss my mom and everything and also, just being somewhere where you are detached from all of that. You know, I go back now and I see my family and, um, you know, they're all gathered together and everything. And I, st I feel kind of separate from that. And, you know, it's just the simple stuff. Like, you know, they're talking about that Love Island episode that they saw or, you know, I don't know, Britain's Got Talent or whatever crappy TV shows they have over there at the moment. Um, and you you can't join in with that. The culture is just, it's not massively different, but it's different enough that you're not involved in that anymore. I miss, you know, being able to have a conversation with my family where I feel like I'm on an even keel with them and then I'm not this strange alien that's coming from some weird place that, you know. Um, and then, you know, obviously a member of my family just um, had quite a serious accident and um, not being there to you know, to rush to the hospital or whatever to make sure that they're okay and having to just rely on kind of getting drip-fed information, you know, over Facebook or whatever, like Skype, that's really difficult. 
And actually on the flip side to that, knowing that if something happens in here, so if something happened to me in Berlin, you know, I don't have any family here who would necessarily be here for me. And your friends, you know, to some extent, they take up that gap and they're there for you in a different way than maybe if your friends were in the UK or something, you know, they become like family, but it's still... I don't know. It's kind of difficult. That's that's the one thing that I really miss and I get worried about. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's definitely, you know, you and I have, have both discussed that before this recording, the decisions that you have to make when it comes down to family and what's considered an emergency and a non-emergency. Um, I think it really kind of tests the limits of living abroad is, you know, when something bad happens and touch wood, nothing that bad has happened to us here from a from a health perspective so we haven't had to go through that but I know it's something that my parents are always you know they're concerned about how we are and um what they would do if something went wrong here you know so it's yeah I completely understand I think no matter where you are if you're living abroad it's a scary prospect yeah I mean exactly it's just you become quite detached from um yeah, from what's going on with each other. And I guess arguably you could say that that might be the same. You know, if I was living in London, it's not, you know, it's very close to where my mum lives, but it's not, you know, in the same town or anything. And maybe it would be the same, but it feels very different and it can feel quite isolating to live in a different country from, you know, everything that you've grown up with and all the people that you've grown up with. Okay, well, moving on to a slightly happier topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, you mentioned you've been in Berlin for seven years now. What are the things that you particularly love or enjoy about living there or living in Germany in general? Well, I mean, Berlin's a really amazing city. And one of the things that I really, one of the things I immediately appreciated about Berlin was that it's so relaxed in comparison. You know, you don't feel like you're always competing for space on the street or anything like that. Um, so it's really nice. You know, there are amazing parks and lakes around the city. It's really cool. It's got an amazing vibe about it as well. Very hipster, some people would say. I don't know, you feel like you can retain your youth here in a way that is more difficult at home, you know. Um, many of my friends in the UK are married with children and, you know, at least in relationships where they're kind of getting towards being married and all this kind of thing. And you don't hear about them kind of having the same kind of carefree life that um, seems to come with being in Berlin. I think also because things cost so much. So, you know, if you are by yourself, you can't afford to live by yourself. You have to stay in a shared apartment or a shared house. And in Berlin, that's just not the case. You can have a, you know, a a good life here, you know, and go out every night if you want to. You can also stay at home. Um, there's so much to do all the time. It's the center of Europe. So it's easy to get on a train or a plane and go to anywhere in, in Eastern Europe or in Southern Europe. And I don't know, it just, 
there was something about Berlin when I came here originally that I really loved that's difficult to kind of explain and to put into words. It's just really cool, I guess is the <laughs> the only way to say it. Um, and now I've made my life here. So, you know, as much as I'm talking about the single life, I'm actually not single anymore. I have a boyfriend here um, who is German. He grew up in, in East Berlin, actually. Um, so, you know, I, I work here. I have my boyfriend here and... Berlin has just become home for me. In fact, I'm not even sure if I can imagine moving back to the UK. I was I was going to ask you, like, do you, you know, you, you have seven years is a long time. Can you see yourself moving back or it sounds like you're really settled? I feel, I feel pretty settled here. And um, I've done a lot of traveling back to the UK this year um, because of various family issues. You know, I go into London and as much as I do love London, you know, it's so much more vibrant even than Berlin. It's just, it's crazy. Um, and so much kind of traffic and people and everything. And I always feel grateful that I can come back to Berlin where you have this kind of thing in the summer where everybody sits out on the streets and cafes and things and just is chilling or sitting by the canal with uh, what we call a spati beer, which is, you know, like one you bought from the shop and you take down there. And then in the winter, it's a completely different vibe, but still really fun where, you know, you have these like dark uh, bars or cafes with these big curtains because, you know, it's bloody cold in Berlin over the over the winter kind of minus 15 to minus 20 sometimes um and sitting there you know with a bottle of red wine or any or everything and it's just very cozy I can't imagine leaving that really also there is the issue of the Brexit at the moment in which case one way or another I might get trapped somewhere anyway (laughs) yeah let's talk about the Brexit it's obviously you know, it's been sad to watch from afar what's what's kind of been happening. And I, I feel for you and other, other friends that are European or, or living elsewhere outside of the country that they were born in, how is, how is it affecting you? Do you know how it's going to affect you? Uh, well, it's difficult to say at the moment because um, apparently they haven't made any particular decisions. So there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of rumor and speculation. But I went to an event quite recently where, I mean, basically they were saying that we can apply for permanent residency in in Germany, but I am not going to be able to travel anymore. So, I mean, of course I will. I, I mean, I guess you'll have a lot of Americans living there who already have these kinds of problems when they're coming to the EU. But having grown up being a European citizen and being able to move freely around the EU and travel whenever I would like to any of the the countries and also having the chance to live wherever I like. You know, this is, this is how I got the opportunity of living in Berlin and, you know, ha- making my life in Germany. It will be very difficult, let's put it this way, to move to another country if I should so choose. Even if you got the permanent residency for Germany? If I get permanent residency for Germany, that guarantees my 
kind of rights to live in Germany, but it doesn't guarantee any rights to live anywhere else. I will probably apply for German citizenship so that I know that whatever happens, I'll be able to stay here, especially because, like I said, I, I'm with a German guy at the moment and I, I'm hoping that, you know, we will have a family and everything one day. And I want to know that I'm not going to have any problems staying in Germany as things are. But um, it's now come to a point where there's the possibility that if... I took on German citizenship, I might have to give up British citizenship. And that's quite a scary prospect because Britain and the UK is part of who I am and it's my home. And I don't like the idea of having to give up my citizenship for the UK and knowing that, you know, it's it might be very difficult for me then to move home if I ever wanted to. It's a really scary prospect to be stripped of something, you know, that you've had all your life, to have rights taken away from you. And um, I'm, I'm not sure that that's really fully appreciated by many people, you know, like everybody seems to think that, you know, the one thing that I hear all the time is, ah, oh, it's all going to be okay. And of course it's all going to be okay in that, you know, life is going to go on but it's going to be it's going to be different for for us but also for the people coming behind us you know the young people growing up in the UK who are not going to have the same opportunities that we had when we grew up and i think that that's really sad it takes away a whole kind of tapestry of culture from them it prevents them from learning about different ways of life you know i mean this is one of the great things. We have, what, a population size in Europe that is similar to the population of the US. But the great thing is, is that we have, what, how many, what, 28 different cultures at least, and not counting all the kind of minority cultures that you have as well, that people are just able to enjoy by being an EU citizen. And that's, that's going to become a lot harder um, I mean, we, do, we don't even know how difficult it's going to be yet because they haven't made any decisions and, you know, it's getting closer. But it's definitely not going to be as easy as it has been before for us to, to take part in that. Um, so that's, yeah, it's something that's really gutting, actually. And I remember when the referendum came round, just being really saddened by it and I guess I'm still kind of hoping that something's going to happen and it won't happen because I can't believe it that it could possibly go forward but right there's so many there's so many news stories about hard Brexit soft Brexit deals on you know referendums on the final deal and it almost feels like a carrot dangling in front of us that, that we will have the opportunity to change the result, but I don't want to get my hopes up that that's the case. I think it's looking more and more unlikely. And um, yeah, it's really, it's worrying for a lot of people who live in Europe. Um, you know, I also think about what if, 
I don't know, my boyfriend and I, you know, had a child together and we decided that we wanted to move back to the UK. Even if I was able to keep my British citizenship and have German citizenship as well, it would be very difficult for him to move back with me because, you know, the the problems for um, third country nationals coming into the UK can be quite significant. But we'll have to, I guess, you know, this is all a lot of worrying without really know, knowing kind of what's going to happen. And I think that we just have to wait and see what deal we come up with. And we don't have any choice but to just cope with it and take it in our stride and um yeah wait it out yeah exactly yeah yeah no I think it's um I think it's really scary and I think one of the the questions I always like to ask on this podcast is kind of what what immigration means to you what freedom to travel what migration means and I I think you've you've summed it up pretty nicely, but is there anything else that you kind of want to add about the experiences that you've had or, or how you feel about immigration? I mean, I, I believe that people should be able to, to travel and live wherever they want. Uh, I know that that is quite an unpopular opinion, but it's something that, um, you know, we have had the luck and the good yeah, I mean, the good fortune to be able to do. And I think that it's just so important to be able to see how other people live and to experience that. Um, you know, it opens up so many things to you. It it helps you understand other people and also, you know, kind of get to know how other cultures work and and how better, you know, your country and your culture can work together with those people. Because there are so many things that mean different things to everybody. Sorry, that sounds so vague. But, you know, I, I never thought that, for example, living in Germany, that the culture would be so different to the UK. I mean, on the outside, they look very similar. People are very similar. We all you know, I don't know, we all have meat and potato as our main kind of staple food, etc. But you know, the way that we interact with each other is actually very different. And it's been very hard sometimes to understand why people are dealing with you in a particular way. So for example, uh, Germans are quite direct about how they talk to you. And if they want something or don't want something, they are quite open about that. Whereas, you know, Brits have a reputation for being very difficult to read. <laughs> and we like we like to dance around a topic, for sure. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, when you first start talking to a German and, you know, maybe they're not used to dealing with a Brit, um, you often get the the impression that they're being rude because, you know, they don't dance around and everything. If they t- if they think something's rubbish, they will tell you it's rubbish. And, you know, our imme- well, my immediate uh, reaction to that was always to get offended. And it's taken a long time for me to learn, okay, don't take it like that. You know, it's fine. They're not being rude. In fact, their perception of being rude or polite is very different to us. In fact, you know, for them, it's more polite to be open and direct because 
you're telling someone what you think and you're telling someone honestly what you perceive their work to be like or something. Whereas, you know, it's quite, I mean, if you think about it, it actually kind of makes more sense that it's, you know, kind of impolite to tell someone that their work's great when it actually it's terrible or whatever. But, you know, those are the only things that you can learn by traveling and, and meeting different people and spending some time with them, some actual quality time living in different places. And I think that that should be an experience that everybody is able to have. You know, those people that want it. I think everybody should do it. But, you know, I know a lot of people don't like travel. So, but yeah, that's that's what I think. Okay, yeah, no, I... I happen to agree, but um, but it's always nice to hear it. And I get what you mean about the, um, maybe we should, as Brits, maybe we should just rip the bandaid off quicker rather than dance around and dilly dally over what we want to say. Maybe we should, maybe we should take a leaf out of the German playbook and be more direct. We'd probably have faster email exchanges and quicker meetings. <laughs> Definitely. But I find it very difficult even now, you know, uh, sometimes I ask my German colleagues to look over a German, you know, uh, email that I've written in German. And they're like, why are you using all these unnecessary words? You don't have to say please. What are you saying sorry for? And all this kind of stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much, Lou. If people wanted to follow your adventures or read any of your articles, where can they find you? Okay, so I'm on Twitter. I don't post a huge amount, but you'll be able to see a few bits and pieces on there. And um, my handle is at Lou Lizzie. Lizzie is L-I-Z-Z-I-E. And I'm also on Instagram posting a few bits or more bits on there. Um, and my handle there is Lou Lizzie three, the number three. Great. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Lou. Thanks for joining us on Non-Native. Thank you for having me and, uh, hope to speak to you again soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Non-Native. If you like what you heard, subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at ShipshapeBF or over on my blog, shipshapeinbristolfashion.com.